Welcome to the Feel Good Spine podcast, where I have quite literally got your back. I am your host, Claudia Catherine, scoliosis transformation coach, spine health trainer, and yoga teacher, here to guide you on this journey of improving your scoliosis health, fitness, and mindset so you can live your happiest and most fulfilled life possible. I am so excited to have you here today. Now let's dive in. Welcome back, my beautiful Scoliosis family. We are here for episode number three, and we have got an interview with Victoria from Scoli Sisters and Brothers on Instagram. She has got a very interesting story about her spinal fusion and scoliosis and having to have a a second surgery as well so very very interesting and i'm looking forward to you guys hearing all about this i know that these past three episodes have all been interviews but it's been so good to hear other people's journeys and understand what other people are going through with their mental health with their scoliosis i will after this one though be doing a couple of solo episodes so stay tuned for that but for now i am going to bring to you victoria and her amazing story let's get into it hi victoria and thank you so much for joining the feel good spine podcast i am so excited to have you here and learn all about the scoliosis sisters and your social media page and everything that you do in the scoliosis world as well as your story with fusion i know you've i know you've definitely got an interesting story with fusion i'm very excited to hear about and just your journey with scoliosis in general so I'm going to bring it over to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you currently do with scoliosis? Yeah, so thank you very much for having me. So yeah, I am 26. I'm currently living in London and um, I'm currently studying for my counselling psychology doctorate. So kind of training to become a psychologist, basically. So yeah, I'm on my first year out of three. So still got a long way to go. Um, <laughs> Prior to that, I did kind of my psychology undergrad. Um, I worked in New York briefly with kind of recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, wow. And then I worked in London with children and young people kind of dealing with anxiety and depression. And kind of from that work, I think I've become really passionate about mental health and scoliosis. Yay! Um, kind of a topic. Um, and I'm hoping to kind of do my, my doctoral thesis on... Um, the association between scoliosis and mental health, whether there is an association there, and yep. also kind of, you know, the experience of young people who are having surgery and what mental health support that we can possibly kind of offer or what might be useful for young people. So that's kind of, yeah, my my area of passion at the moment, but again, a long, a long road on that. So yeah, first year out of, out of three working on, on my thesis, but it's been really exciting already um, and definitely yeah an area that I'm really passionate about and, and learning lots about yeah. and then yeah on the side I just have um my kind of social media account so Scoliosis Sisters again I kind of set it up um I think yeah, a year or two ago again it's just kind of a little place for me to kind of share some of my experiences kind of share a couple of mental health tips kind of alongside kind of scoliosis um I also kind of recently ran the well I say recently October <laughs> ran the London Marathon wow. um <laughs> or sort, which is um, Scoliosis Association, Scoli- Scoliosis Association UK, yeah. um, raised kind of nearly two thousand pounds for them, or over just over two thousand pounds, I think it was. Um, wow! It was yeah, really. I think again, kind of to link it all back to mental health was probably really helpful for my mental health as well. Kind of <laughs> yeah. 
yeah oh pretty much me amazing no that's awesome wow well congratulations on running the marathon because that is really really tricky um I did a half marathon once and almost died so congratulations on doing the whole marathon and um how did you find that on your curves and on your fusion did it was it did you get any pain or was it okay no I was absolutely yeah it was absolutely fine um yeah I think that I had you know pain in my legs the next day but that was nothing to do with um having spinal fusion but yeah um yeah completely fine on my back I kind of got a really good pair of running trainers and I've yeah. seen a physio and um kind of did it did the training properly and did enough training yeah um, so I think kind of got sensible about that side of things but yeah had absolutely that's very no yeah issues with my back at all. yeah I'm so glad to hear that and that is so important doing the proper training because when I did mine I didn't really train properly and I think that that really um affect I had the worst hip pain after on my right hip um and I just remember thinking I was like that's probably not good for my scoliosis and um so yeah anyone listening if you're about to run a marathon or a half marathon please do the appropriate training first because it makes a big difference (laughs) Um, um but that's awesome so I'm really really glad that we um that we have you and that you're interested in helping people with the uh, mental health um, effects of scoliosis and of spinal fusion, especially when you're younger. Um, I do feel like that that's something that we are missing in the world, in the scoliosis world. I definitely didn't have any support when I was younger. Um, So I don't know what it's like now. I mean, I'm 31 now and I was diagnosed when I was 13. So hopefully that there's a little bit more, but I'm glad that there's people, you know, like you in the world that are bringing light on this and that we can talk about it and post it all over social media so (laughs) people can listen and hopefully feel not alone which is the whole point of this conversation and podcast so coming on to my next question I want to hear um, my listeners we all want to hear about your journey with scoliosis your journey your journey with fusion so could you just tell us a little bit about your scoliosis diagnosis how this led to surgery the surgery itself recovery and everything after that basically I know it's going to be a long story but I'm here for it I got my coffee and I'm ready (laughs) (laughs) so I was diagnosed when I was 16 so that was 2013 um, and kind of like quite a lot of people, I think it was a shock. I was doing a dance exam, weirdly enough, with my friend. And I kind of said afterwards, oh, my shoulder hurts a bit. And she kind of looked at me and went, oh, it's really swollen. It must have dislocated or something dramatic. Um, so my mum took me to A&E and kind of the hospital said, well, this seems like a longer kind of issue this is a this isn't this hasn't just happened um they suggested I kind of went to the doctors I went to the doctor and then was kind of referred on to the consultant had the x-rays and everything I had no previous suspicions kind of there was no indication previously that I had anything wrong with my spine I had absolutely no pain um whatsoever yeah and then I remember yeah we saw the the x-ray with the consultant and I remember my mum said there was no part of your spine that was straight and it was just kind of this shock to us all that I'd been kind of wandering around like this and nobody had noticed Um, but yeah so I had 
an S curve. So again, I think that sometimes is quite common that it's not picked up because you kind of almost look quite straight, but yeah. underneath everything else kind of. Yeah. So it was an S curve that, yeah, it wasn't a huge degree. It was probably, I think from memory, it was about a 47 and a 43 curve. So okay. kind of not huge numbers compared to some other people. But my consultant also said that I had an added complication where instead of having five lumbar bones, I had, well, I have five, but the bottom two were, were both fused together kind of just naturally. And he said it sometimes happens at birth that kind of you only basically have kind of four lumbar bones. Hmm. So he said this would add a complication with fusion that if he went all the way down as far as he wanted to, I would kind of completely lose a lot of flexibility, mm. potentially wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that I do now and wanted to do. So at that point, yeah, I was still probably in denial and didn't really want the surgery and was kind of eager to do anything else that would mean that I wouldn't have to have surgery. Yeah, But yeah, lots of kind of long conversations with my parents, with the consultant, with a physio as well that I was really lucky to kind of have um and I still go and see her 10 years later wow. um but it kind of yeah came to the conclusion that actually surgery was probably for the best um just given that I wasn't having any pain and the surgeon said actually soon you will start having pain anyway um I was kind of at an age where he said recovery would be quicker um I kind of was still I mean, yeah, throughout all of this, I was going through, I was doing my GCSE exams, kind of leaving school year 11. I was moving to a new school in the September. Um, so kind of, yeah, all those social aspects of trying to be a normal teenager on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we kind of came to the conclusion that actually I think surgery was the best option for me. Um, and I was luckily or lucky to be under private health insurance with my family so we could kind of pick and choose to an extent when the surgery was so my initial diagnosis was in the April I think and I ended up having surgery in the November okay. um, so quite a short time frame yeah. from I think diagnosis to my operation but again yeah we kind of chose because I was then going into my A-level exams and kind of my final years at school and it was the decision that if I had it in November I wouldn't miss a huge ton of school um, and could kind of get back to exams <laughs> a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so yeah I think I did four days in hospital and then recovery for me was pretty straightforward again I was quite determined that I was kind of going to get back to everything um, so yeah I was returned to dance I was doing about four dance classes a day before my surgery and returned to dance I think six uh, three months after um I did kind of a big dance exam six months after surgery so kind of definitely just threw myself back into back yeah. into life post-op yeah <laughs> so yeah that was kind of my initial surgery I then kind of had a second surgery about five years later um, I was getting constant pain in my right shoulder mm. so again I was kind of going to a physio and she was kind of trying to work through it but the pain was still there and I'd spoken to the consultant and kind of he agreed that the fusion was all 
kind of settled, but this pain still wasn't going away. So yeah, again, after kind of multiple conversations, he basically informed me that what he thought the issue was, was one of my screws was kind of rubbing against the skin or my muscle and basically calling, I think he called it a bursa, but basically kind of an internal blister, mm. um, kind of under the skin, which was kind of causing this pain. So he agreed yeah. that he could take out the kind of a little chunk of the metalwork basically. So I think it was two hooks and then one of the screws and a couple of inches of, of the rod on just the right side. Um, so that was, yeah, pretty much five, exactly five years after my first surgery. Mm. So removed that. That was a lot of an easy recovery. I think it was about two weeks I had off work and then was kind of back to normal. He reopened the same scar. So it kind of, it's a little bit messy at the top, but um, it kind of did a second, a second scar or anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of, yeah, my initial diagnosis and then my, my second surgery that's a little bit less common, I think. Um, wow. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, yeah, that's that second surgery and that that kind of made me cringe just the thought of that blister being underneath the skin. But I guess it's all part of the fun, having scoliosis and then <laughs> then the surgery. Um, but it's it's amazing that you know that you managed to get that second surgery. And does it bother you at all now? Not that right shoulder quite so much. I do have kind of I again as probably a lot of people who've had scoliosis or the or the fusion I get very sort of tight neck and shoulders because yeah. kind of a lot of my movement is just in my shoulders and when you're hunched over a desk kind of doing a lot of work that's the only bit of you that's maybe taking a lot of that tension so kind of that typically is my problem area yeah. um but kind of that that right shoulder um less so again I had a similar it was probably a couple of years ago I had a similar kind of further down in my mid back where again it felt like there was kind of one of the screws that just kind of sits quite close to the surface for me mm. and we again kind of had similar conversations about well do we start taking that out or but actually that pain has kind of eased off for me now so oh, it's staying in for now <laughs> yeah good um I guess I wanted to ask as well when when you got diagnosed did they did they offer you bracing or what did they say that it was too late for that now because I guess you were 16 when you got diagnosed yeah to my memory kind of bracing wasn't a big conversation that we had at all so I assume as I say from memory that I was yeah probably fully grown yeah kind of had reached my my full height um and that bracing actually wasn't really going to be particularly helpful for me um yeah at that time so yeah bracing wasn't wasn't really something that was mentioned much to my memory um yeah and I think it was pretty quickly either surgery or kind of watchful waiting and seeing mm. what happens um but we decided that didn't quite fit for me at that time so yeah, yeah. surgery was what um did they mention anything about um like alternative exercises like the Schroth method or scoliosis boot camps or anything like that I know they didn't with me but I'm always curious like what what they mentioned to other people during their diagnosis or was it just wait and see again I think they did mention a little bit the surgeon not so he kind of said there's other methods out there but I'm not sure that he 
was quite kind of quite a place where he wanted to kind of hide. I think there was still research around them and kind of it wasn't sure whether they were fully um, beneficial. So he said, kind of go away and have a look and yeah. kind of do some exploration of your own, but he yeah. kind of wasn't championing any. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do remember, yeah, I did have a look with my parents and we did think about some of them, but I think, again, there was a little bit of concern around kind of their effectiveness at the time. Yeah. And actually kind of, it was a lot of work. I mean, even at the time I was, they say seeing a physio and there was a point when I was doing probably about an hour of physio exercises Mm. every day because the agreement with my surgeon was if I could keep my lower back flexible he wouldn't have to fuse quite as low right um so I was doing a lot of kind of physio exercises anyway and I think the idea for me kind of having to keep up those exercises and kind of having that sort of constant yeah thing that you had to kind of do and be working on yeah didn't quite fit and I think my mum was very I was kind of planning to go off to uni and my mum was like are you really going to keep up these exercises at uni or actually kind of it was the idea that surgery could kind of I think to an extent it was this idea that surgery would just fix it yeah and it would be fine that's not (laughs) quite the reality of it um but it was kind of yeah that that you could kind of get get over the surgery and then get on with yeah. life yeah the thinking behind our decision yeah yeah that makes sense and I think um especially for teenagers that that age trying to get them to do exercises every day is impossible or very difficult at the least anyway so it is a really tough time when it comes to making these decisions um and I, I am glad that you know, it was mentioned to you and that they did say um, to go and have a think about it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough decision when it comes to that, because, you know, back then I remember looking and seeing um, they had like a six weeks. I was obviously I'm British and I was diagnosed in England as well. And there somewhere in England, there was like a six week scoliosis boot camp. but it was like thousands. It was like 6,000 pounds. I remember. And I'm like, 14 15 or whatever and I just like found it on Google and I was like you know one day I'm gonna save up and I'm gonna go to the scoliosis boot camp <laughs> uh, which I never ended up doing because I never had that much money and unfortunately my parents never did either so yeah. um I never got to go but um it was yeah it was just interesting that they had these other methods I don't even know if they still do that in England or if it's something different now but it is always good to have you know have a look around and do your own research as well but you know you've always got to do what's best for you and what feels right at the time and absolutely um when you're about to go off to university you know last thing you need to do is an hour of exercises every day (laughs) I totally get that um okay so moving on how would you say that your your scoliosis and your fusion affects your life now I would, I would love to say that it doesn't, but that wouldn't be quite true. Um, I think, yeah, definitely at times it does, as I mentioned, kind of yeah, very tight kind of shoulders and neck kind of pain from that sometimes kind of headaches as well, kind of Mm. for me. 
and I know some of it's my own I should definitely do a little bit more yoga and kind of prioritize a little bit more um kind of movement in my neck but I think it's sometimes one of those where when you're hard at work or kind of doing an, an office job or kind of as I found in my um doctorate degree sometimes it kind of that falls slowly to the bottom of the list on kind of the list of other things that you've got to do that day so yeah I'd say definitely kind of still pain I wouldn't luckily for me I'd say it's not quite daily mm. um when it gets bad or when I need to go and see my physio then it probably does start kind of affecting me every day but usually I'd say a couple of times a week I'll maybe notice if I've done quite a lot of work at the desk or kind of yeah need to need to move around a little bit more um so I think that's the main kind of effect that I have now yeah as I said again kind of this this kind of other loose screw or protruding screw that I have kind of sometimes again kind of causes pain and I definitely get pain in my shoulders when I'm traveling so mm. kind of a long train journey or flight again that's kind of one of those times when I can notice and remember that I've had surgery but I'm definitely lucky enough that I have plenty of times where I forget that I had surgery or kind of am able to just do everything the same as everybody else and um kind of yeah have to remind myself oh yeah I did have quite a serious back surgery should I really be doing this <laughs> um, I think in terms of the scar as well again it's not it's not something that has always been on my mind luckily again for me I've kind of just been able to get on with it and kind mm -hmm. of you know people might see it if I'm on holiday in a bikini and actually people might think oh that's a long scar why she got that but actually it doesn't really affect me I think for me I've always said that with a scoliosis scar because it's on my back and I can't see it I sometimes forget that it's there and I think maybe if people have had other surgeries where they can see the scar or they have a daily reminder of it, I wonder if that would be kind of harder to deal with or something that personally I would maybe struggle with more. But for me, because I, I can't actually see what my scar looks like myself, um, it's yeah. kind of definitely, again, kind of never been a, a huge kind of concern for me or a barrier to me kind of wearing anything I wore a backless dressed to my um year 13 prom which would have been kind of a year or two after surgery so the scar was probably still quite fresh but that was the dress I wanted to wear so that was the dress I wore so yeah very lucky for but you. luckily for me it's kind of not had too much of an impact outside of kind of the surgeries yeah um it's not been not been too much of a burden I guess yeah that's awesome. That's really good to hear because I know, um, obviously, um, you know, self-image issues are quite um, a big thing with scoliosis, whether you have fusion or not. Um, you know, we do fear wearing backless dresses and doing anything that shows our scoliosis or, our, you know, fusion scars. And I think it, it's good that you pointed out that it is on your back and you, you don't have that daily reminder which is very you know lucky and something to be grateful for in a way because I can't imagine if it was on the front like right down your middle it would be a different situation um so yeah that's a very interesting way to look at things I also wonder with your your fusion surgery um is your did they manage how much of the curvature did they manage to correct do you feel like you're you're pretty 
straight now because I know with some fusion corrections have not gone so well and people are still kind of lopsided and I just wondered like do you feel like how was the result of your surgery? I I don't know the exact degrees that they put me back to um <laughs> but I would say I am pretty straight yes kind of to look straight at me you kind of wouldn't realize if I look very closely my hips are still a little bit wonky and one side of my waist comes in more than the other mm. um, and I guess in terms of yeah body image that has more so than the scar I think that has been sometimes kind of a worry mm. for me of all kind of it looks like my hips really sticking out or um yeah that my waist is uneven so that has sometimes been more of a a concern for me um but again I think I've been sort of lucky enough that I've had a really sort of supportive group of friends and kind of family and actually if you look really closely nobody is kind of dead straight or dead yes. kind of symmetrical <laughs> exactly um, so yeah lots of my friends have kind of said oh well you know my shoulder's a bit weird or kind of one leg's longer than the other or their hips kind of don't sit exactly straight and I think it's one of those where sometimes yeah we're very critical of ourselves mm -hmm. we never look at somebody else in as much detail as we're looking at ourselves so yeah so yeah I think it's been difficult times and definitely during again my, my teenage years I think my year 11 prom so before I had surgery but I'd just been diagnosed when I look back at pictures now I can definitely see that things were uneven and that and I kind of think oh well, why did I choose that dress I think feel like it highlights it but again I think that's probably the headspace that I was in at the time as well that yeah those pictures though it was fun and I had a nice time at my prom actually I was really going through some other stuff at the same time yeah. so those pictures maybe don't quite feel like a happy memory whereas the year 13 prom where I wore the backless dress that feels like a much kind of more accepting time for me and I'd kind of come through the surgery and things were probably feeling much better um for me at that time so yeah oh that's beautiful that is a beautiful story and I do find yeah that the acceptance is is a hard part it's a really mm -hmm. hard part to to get that acceptance and I feel like it's something that all of us with scoliosis go through and, and fusion like I I didn't accept my scoliosis for years, like coming like 17 years, I just pretended it didn't exist and I would hide it. And, you know, it just like, we go through this whole process of, of trying to be in denial, I guess. And hopefully, you know, if you just don't think about it, maybe it will go away. <laughs> but unfortunately that is, that is not the case. It doesn't just go away so it is the, the sooner you can accept it and you know wear those backless dresses and you know wear them with pride and if people wear if people ask questions you just answer them and let them know your journey and your story and and remember that no one is perfect and everyone is a little bit wonky or they've got something going on with their own bodies and no one is judging you as much as you think that people are judging you like everyone's in their own head they're thinking about themselves they're not thinking about you and your spine and your scar or anything like that so we like you said we we really are our worst critics <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. 
great. So coming on to my next question, with all of with all of this, with your scoliosis diffusion, the whole experience, how would you say that your mental health has been affected? Yeah, so I think, again, this is something that I've really sort of reflected on probably more recently and kind of looking into my doctoral studies and kind of doing all the research. So one area kind of like we were just talking about actually is kind of there's this idea of the five stages of grief, which are obviously kind of linked to the loss of a, of a loved one or somebody that, that we care about. But there's also research that they were originally kind of um, termed in terms of um, being diagnosed with a long-term illness or a long-term condition. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of from what I've read and looked at that they can kind of be linked quite nicely almost into scoliosis and often kind of the things that, that we deal with. So the kind of five stages are anger, denial, um, yeah. kind of bargaining of, oh, well, if I try this, then maybe I won't have to have surgery, um, <laughs> depression, and then kind of acceptance. But it's this idea that actually they're not linear we can kind of move up and down them and I definitely have moments of acceptance but then I definitely go back to moments of anger and why did I have to have surgery and why does it happen to me and yeah why does my back hurt and why can't I sit on a flight without getting pain so I think it's quite nice to kind of have that model and be able to kind of move among those so I think for me yeah I definitely sat between anger and denial for a long time mm -hmm. um between yeah diagnosis and surgery was definitely in denial didn't want to talk about it mum was like well we kind of have to talk it's quite a big thing that's coming up we have to talk about it and I was like no um didn't want to kind of so the scoliosis association UK had um kind of a meetup in Hyde Park of kind of young girls who were experiencing scoliosis and my mum was like let's go it'll be a really good opportunity and I was like absolutely did not want to go um <laughs> did go and actually it was really helpful and I met some some lovely young girls who kind of recently had surgery who were able to kind of be really helpful and I think it was also probably quite helpful for my parents as well um but yeah I definitely remember dragging my feet and really walking about 10 steps behind my parents because <laughs> I did not want to be there um but yeah I think for me it was definitely kind of anger and frustration and that's still at times I kind of get that if I am in pain or um like I recently went away with some friends and kind of I was, oh, my shoulder hurts and I was kind of getting frustrated that it that it hurt rather than being a bit kinder to myself and thinking oh well you know we've had a long day we've been wandering around doing all this stuff I should probably just kind of you know take some painkillers and relax a little bit actually I tend to do enter into this frustration hmm. mind it's still something that I'm kind of working on um I think also again in terms of mental health it's again the anxiety at having surgery it's a major surgery mm -hmm. a really often quite young age when yeah you're just wanting to kind of be the same as everybody else you're wanting to blend in you don't want to stick out and suddenly you're being told well actually there's all these things that are different about you um but I think again kind of though it's really important to highlight the importance of anxiety at surgery and kind of put in hopefully kind of coping mechanisms or people that that people going through surgery can speak to and kind of giving um a support network mm. actually it's really important to say that it's normal to feel anxious about such a huge surgery and kind of you're supposed to feel nervous and and worried about it because it's a huge deal um 
and kind of something that actually even an adult would struggle with so asking a 16 year old to go through it is a major kind of a huge thing so I think it's really important to name the anxiety at surgery but also not kind of over label it sometimes I think having conversations about mental health is really really useful but there's sometimes this idea of oh well I'm anxious about something so I must have anxiety and kind of actually it's normal to feel anxious about these things and kind of then putting in those coping mechanisms or talking to other people um, is kind of really useful but actually saying it's okay to feel anxious about this or to feel frustrated or angry or kind of upset or cry about it um, and whatever way kind of helps you I think is is important to kind of validate and and say that it's it's normal and not kind of try and shut down any of those emotions um, I also guess one other thing that again in my research recently I found is this idea of post-traumatic growth mm. um, and it's this idea that when we go through something traumatic or kind of life-changing that actually there can be some really positive outcomes so this idea of kind of resilience and we kind of increased independence maybe kind of more confidence and I think for me if I think about it I probably did build up quite a lot of resilience going through surgery and scoliosis at that age and kind of yeah a little bit of independence and to kind of link back to the marathon a lot of people were quite surprised they said oh did well, did you run it with anybody did you do it with anybody and I said no I just did it by myself um and weirdly for me that almost linked to to surgery a little bit that you know obviously I had a huge support network and really lucky to have really loving parents and kind of family around me but ultimately you're the one going through the surgery and going through the recovery um and for me, that was almost similar to the marathon. I was the one running it. Mm. Um, so I think actually sometimes looking at those positives can be really helpful as well, that actually it does build a sense of resilience and it does prove to yourself that you can go through hard things and difficult things and get through them and probably come out uh, a better person than I went in. Um, yeah. So for me, so yeah, again, I was really lucky to kind of not be hugely affected with my mental health because I know there's a lot of people out there who really struggle with with really um difficult kind of aspects of their mental health but mm. for me yeah, some of those little bits but then also trying to sometimes see the positives been helpful as well yeah a hundred percent I completely agree and I experienced the same you know the the anger and denial and all those emotions for years and, and they do come and go I still do get angry now even though I've you know now I work in the industry and I talk about scoliosis all day like I'll still wake up and like my neck will hurt or something and I'm just like for goodness sake like why me <laughs> you know those thoughts mm -hmm. are still there and even though I do appear very positive and everything on social media and I do believe that that staying positive is so important because it's very easy to focus on the negative sides of scoliosis and of fusion and of the whole experience but like you said there are actually positive things that come out of this whole ordeal that we have to go with including the resilience I really do find that people with scoliosis are very resilient and stronger and mentally you know more confident all these things that you said I do genuinely believe that we we do we grow up and we we learn to deal with this big 
um, experience that no one really understands unless you have scoliosis. So it's a whole journey that we have to go on. And in a way, I'm grateful for it, for making me the person that I am today. I don't know if I would be this resilient and strong without the whole experience. And maybe you feel the same way. Like, who would we even be today without it? (laughs) You know? So we have to be positive and look at, you know, understand those parts of it as well. It's not all gloom and doom and scoliosis does make us who we are (laughs) and stronger and hopefully better. Like I, you know, it makes me want to help people more and understand what other people are going through and, you know, humble with it like who knows what I would be like without scoliosis I think it really kind of brings me down centers me and hopefully other people as well you're like okay like we you know we really have to deal with this and we can use this opportunity to also help other people going through the same thing so yeah I love that point I think that was really really good thank you (laughs) um awesome so Coming on a little bit to more about you um, and what you do currently for yourself to help you yourself physically and mentally with your scoliosis. For example, like, are you doing exercises? Do you meditate? Like, how do you take care of your physical and mental health? So for me, yeah, I should definitely be better at doing exercises. <laughs> um, but yeah, I try to do kind of some yoga and definitely at the moment I'm entering a kind of real phase of a lot of university assignments so it's mm-hmm. a lot of sitting at a desk so I'm really trying to kind of incorporate at least kind of 10 minutes of kind of yoga into my day and also I think yoga really helps me mentally as well um meditation for me has never been particularly helpful and I think that's kind of one really important thing as well with scoliosis and just mental health in general is actually what works for you and what doesn't yeah um I've always found that kind of exercise and moving a little bit more helps me so if I'm not feeling feeling particularly active just a little bit of yoga is quite helpful or actually going out for a run has always kind of been quite useful for me um with my day job as well kind of working with mental health can sometimes be quite kind of emotional and tiring um and draining so kind of leaving the house and going out for a run and just kind of putting some headphones in listening to a podcast or some music is kind of a way that that really helps me to kind of switch off sometimes I find as well when my back does hurt and this is not advice that I'm giving to other people but I if kind of my shoulders are feeling a bit tight I'll go out for a bit of a walk or a run anyway because I'm kind of like well it kind of hurts anyway it's not going to make it any worse just (laughs) go five minutes down the road and if I have to come back then I can but actually for me I've sometimes found that that's actually helped by kind of moving it's been kind of beneficial for my back to feel a little bit better um and even if it hasn't helped I've never been in more pain when I've come back um it's kind of always just stayed the same so I'm kind of like well at least I'm feeling mentally a little bit better because I've left the house and I've gone out and done something um again that kind of might not work for everybody but that's kind of something that that has worked for me um dance as well as I said kind of when I was first diagnosed and had the surgery and at uni I did a lot of dance um less so now as I've kind of grown up and I think there's less kind of adult dance classes out there but I've recently kind of found one in London and been going occasionally which again has been really helpful for me 
mentally and physically my surgeon kind of always said that dance was really good for me and kind of keeping up flexibility mm -hmm. um would always be really helpful so I think that's that's kind of been something as well that I'm I'm hoping to keep up with but I think it's also just knowing that each day might look a bit different so for me sometimes if I'm in that bad mood and my housemate knows this about me that I'll kind of put my hood up or I'll put a hoodie on and put my hood up and then that's me shutting out the world and I don't want to talk to anybody and I'm in a bad mood and the hood goes up um, and that's okay to kind of do that for a, an hour or two hours or the evening whatever I kind of need yeah. and the following day I might be feeling a bit more sociable and I might actually want to kind of do something else to get myself out of that that funk a little bit but I think yeah it's kind of finding what works for you but knowing that some days that might be different some days I really want to go for a run some days I absolutely do not want to go out for a run um so kind of yeah I think being kind to yourself and I think I'm still learning that as well um and learning what works for me and I think it's an, an ever-evolving process as we kind of get older and kind of pain comes and goes and kind of difficulties come and go um but at the moment yeah I think running and exercise has always been Kind of a constant for me so um hopefully that's something i can continue to use to help me for good yeah yeah i think that's honestly one of the best things that we can do obviously i i'm always saying how important um physical exercise is for our physical health obviously but our mental health as well it really does make a huge difference like for example yesterday i was just working from home all day and i was actually going crazy in my apartment and i even i had a workout at home but i was still just i was just getting to the point where i was just going crazy i don't know you know so i just went outside and i just went for a walk put my headphones on and just you know walked it out and came back and my mental health my mood was completely different and i really do feel like just getting that getting in nature getting outside getting away like escaping like if you're in an environment and you're feeling very anxious or angry or you know going through the emotions of, of anything in life going outside going for a walk can be really really beneficial as well as calling a friend or family member or speaking to someone as well I find that really helpful just let like venting letting people listen to your um problems and things like that I find that can be really helpful but obviously keeping strong physically is going to help a lot with um scoliosis and fusion related pain keeping the muscles strong so I feel like part of the mental health issues with scoliosis and fusion is pain related so the, the best thing that we can do is look after ourselves so that we're not experiencing increasing and like, you know, traumatizing amounts of pain, which I find, especially if you're sitting down at a desk all day, every day and not doing anything outside of that, that's going to, it's going to, it's going to produce a lot of pain. I think that it'd be rare that that didn't produce a lot of pain. So if that's you, um, definitely try and get outside get moving I mean maybe you live in a rainy place like England or Vancouver <laughs> um, or a cold place which I totally get but <laughs> it's still getting outside going for a run going for a walk going for a jog anything I find really really helpful and just being alone with your thoughts sometimes as well and just seeing some nature and getting away from 
the cooped up in a in a tiny space sometimes like i was going crazy yesterday <laughs> um okay amazing so i'm going to come on to my last question which i want to know if you have any tips for anyone for any of my listeners anyone out there that is about to go through surgery or has just had surgery you know what would you what would you recommend I think for me it would be take your time I guess kind of 10 years on I'm probably at times still recovering from my surgery and kind of as we've said actually sometimes there's this idea that that surgery fixes everything which sadly not all the time it does so I think yeah take your time but also sort of listen and trust your own body so again this was a big thing for me when I had my fusion was I truly believe that your body is pretty good at telling you when something's too much and for me obviously a lot of people were doing it out of love but lots of people were trying to kind of give me advice or tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing and obviously listen to the surgeon and the doctors Mm -hmm. you kind of know what they're talking about but at times I had kind of friends chipping in with what I should and shouldn't be doing and I was kind of like well you've never had surgery or scoliosis do you really know what you're talking about um so I think for me it would definitely be actually yeah kind of once you're given the all clear and kind of the surgeons have discharged you or said that you can try new things actually if it's something that you want to have a go at then I would kind of say within reason kind of give it give it a go or give it a try and if it kind of hurts then obviously stop but if it feels okay then kind of carry on and you know if it is something like I know when I was training for the marathon kind of people were messaging me and sort of saying oh I wasn't sure about running but I would kind of you know go out for a walk and jog for a minute or jog to the lamppost and actually if it feels okay then carry on if it hurts obviously stop or if it feels uncomfortable for you then kind of maybe you know try something else obviously um but I think sometimes there is sort of this fear around even trying anything in case you fail or kind of you know what what if it does hurt well what if it doesn't um Mm -hmm. so I'd say yeah definitely listen to your own body and kind of yeah trust trust your body to tell you when it's too much um and I'd also yeah the 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 process is long and the recovery is long um but again weirdly kind of links to the to the marathon I remember at about mile 23 or 24 there was a spectator just watching and he shouted right foot left foot and he said it's just right foot left foot one after the other it's right foot left foot and I think again weirdly that kind of has links to recovering from surgery that there are going to be days when it feels really difficult and I remember kind of sitting up for the first time after my surgery and my back felt so heavy and I thought how am I supposed to live with this in my spine but actually that feeling goes very quickly and your body adapts really quickly and some days the right foot left foot is slightly easier some days it's slightly harder but actually one step at a time um and yeah kind of trust your body and trust those around you and and um yeah actually try and sometimes see the positives though I know it's definitely difficult on some days um but yeah it's a long road but I'd say it's it's worth it at times because like you were saying earlier I sometimes wonder the type of person I'd be without having gone through surgery and I actually wouldn't have had half of the experiences that I've had because of my scoliosis I wouldn't have been able to run the marathon um I wouldn't have kind of met all these amazing people that I've spoken to who've also had surgery so 
I think, yeah, kind of look for look for the good in those little days and those little moments when it when it feels difficult. Yes, I love that. I love that. And I 100% agree. Just trying to find the positives and it is difficult. It is yeah. difficult and I totally get it. But there are positives in every situation. What's the saying? Every cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. And <laughs> with scoliosis, there's definitely a silver lining in there. You'll find it, whether it's the, the friendships that you've made or the experiences that you've had just the there's there's things to be grateful for it and I I do think that should be the big takeaway from our conversation today (laughs) yeah and nothing lasts forever either I think sometimes in recovery it feels like the longest road or the longest mountain that you've got to climb but actually looking back now I can kind of remember those funny moments or weird things that happened during my recovery and it seems like such a small part of my life now actually so yeah so much stuff has happened since then and will still happen so yeah I know sometimes again at times the days feel very long yeah actually forever either so amazing well honestly thank you so much for coming onto my podcast and just being such a ray of positivity and hope for everyone listening who has probably gone through the same thing or is experiencing the same kind of emotions and we need we need people like like you and myself out here trying to make scoliosis less of a terrible experience (laughs) definitely it's so scary when you first are diagnosed and you've never heard of it and you google it and you get all these horrible images of kind of weird things you're like what on earth is happening to me um so yeah thank you to you for kind of yeah shouting from the rooftops about yeah Yes, and we can still run marathons and you can still ski, you can still bungee jump, or I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not straight after surgery, but <laughs> Yeah, my mum would definitely say I'm not allowed to bungee jump. I, I think that's nice rather than the surgeons. <laughs> yeah. I know I said it and I was like, can you still bungee jump? <laughs> Yeah, I don't maybe, know. maybe check that with you. Yeah, so, uh, maybe maybe don't run to the bungee jump space right now. Um, but I'm sure you probably could. I have I've bungee jumped before, but I don't have fusion surgery. So, and I would honestly never do it again because it was terrifying. But that's not scoliosis related. Um, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is, you can still do the things that you enjoy and live a very happy, healthy life, and um, yeah, maintain everything. So. Again, thank you, Victoria, so much for coming. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, if my listeners want to reach out, what's your Instagram handle? It is Scoliosisters, um, I think. So the spelling is um, like S-C-O-L-I-O sisters underscore UK. Oh, lovely. Yes. Well, if anyone listening wants to reach out and say hi or ask any questions about fusion surgery or mental health, then I definitely recommend reaching out to Victoria. And um, yeah, and let me know if you have any questions as well. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming. And I will speak to you soon. Thank you for having me.